Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to Trending. We're going to be diving into a great feast day of St. Cyril of Alexandria. He's an early church father known as a doctor of the church. Why are we talking about him? Well, I love to dive into the lives of the saints. And something I often ponder when looking to the saints is, what did they love? Who and what did they fight for? And what can we learn about them? And at the same time, it's a punch in the gut to say, well, what will people say that we loved? What will people say that I love? What will people say that I fought for? What will people say mattered most to me? What will they learn about me because of that? I think these are important questions. They're, I think, soul-searching moments for us. And St. Cyril of Alexandria is one of the saints who, during the 4th and 5th century, combat- combated a terrible heresy. And the heresy had to do with claiming that Jesus Christ wasn't both God and man, and also claiming that Mary, the Virgin Mary, the Blessed Mother, was not the mother of God. So we're going to talk about Mary as the mother of God. We'll talk about St. Cyril of Alexandria and much more later on here in the show. I'm excited to dive into this because it helps, I think, to put a little bit of a focus on why we as Catholics, and if you're not Catholic, this is a great time to listen as well, uh, but why we as Catholics give such a higher honor to Our Lady. No, as Catholics, we don't worship Mary, but I could understand from the perspective of someone who maybe doesn't know Our Lady and understand the distinction the church is teaching, how significant the honor is that is given to Our Lady. And I will unpack that a little later on here on Trending. I do want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about an article, a series of stories that I've uncovered that I think are awakening when you it's a moment to kind of wake up if you haven't already and whether you call it humor or you don't call it humor i think there's much to be said about what happened over the last week on the east coast from new york to boston massachusetts it's startling and it's upsetting i'm going to be really frank with you i'm starting the show rather angry reading about what's being covered up in the lgbtq movement that, you know, last week I was joined here on Trending by Jim Caviezel, who is the actor who played Jesus Christ and the Passion of the Christ. And he is in a new film that's coming out on the 4th of July called The Sound of Freedom. And it really blows the whistle telling the story about sex trafficking across this nation into our bordering countries and the significance that the United States is a destination location for sex trafficking. You can figure out what I mean. And a little warning here, this part of the show really isn't children friendly. And I don't want to talk about it. I'm actually really disgusted. It was one of those moments where I was looking at my husband a few minutes ago before the show saying, 
I need to share this with you before I talk about it because it's so disturbing. He said, I don't want to know. I can just imagine because here we are in the midst of Pride Month. And I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this. And when I was talking to Jim Caviezel and the actor who played Jesus in The Passion, he was talking about how we have to fight for children today. And he said when he was with us, I would be willing to die. I am willing to die for these children. And part of that fight that we are called to engage in today requires that we are also willing to listen, not to the point of scandalizing ourselves, not going too far, but where we actually need to be honest about what's happening. Because I've read probably about 10 news articles on this same story that I'm going to share with you in just a little bit about a party that occurred after a pride parade this weekend. And it's infuriating, but it's something we need to know about. I'll share that with you in just a moment here. But first, there was the annual pride parade that's been happening for years in New York. You, I'm sure, are aware of the riots, the Stonewall riots that occurred back in 1969. Since then, there's always been an annual walk uh, that has occurred really championing the LGBTQ movement. Now, that walk occurred this weekend on the 23rd in Manhattan, and there are videos there are videos, and I want you to listen to what's being said in this video because it's proof to not just say this is some crazy thing that people are making up. This actually ha- happened at the LGBTQ Pride Parade this weekend, and you need to hear this for yourself in Manhattan. That's the annual New York Pride Parade this weekend, the 23rd. It's an annual parade that has occurred in New York City uh, or in New York area ever since the Stonewall Riots in 1969. And they were saying what you think they were saying. Pro-LGBTQ activists were saying, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And they repeatedly chanted this during the LGBTQ Pride Parade, among other chants, but this was one of them. Now, the Metro Weekly, which is a pro-LGBTQ news news publication, actually said this was, they commented in a couple directions. One, maybe not the best choice of words. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I am keeping this PG right now. This is one of those things that just infuriates me. Are you kidding me? And the second thing it was said is that this is a misguided stab, perhaps at humor by some people. I think that this is really a a PR, a stunt of them trying to cover up what happened, that pedophiles were at the LGBTQ pride parade like many other places across the country. This is why they are coming for children. This is why they're having children, kindergartners and three-year-olds and two-year-olds drawing images of inappropriate things, exploring their sexuality, and why there are clinics, so-called clinics, medical so-called medical professionals from coast to coast in the United States transitioning your children. Last week, I talked about a 12-year-old who had her body hacked by Kaiser Permanente physicians, so-called physicians, and they're facing another lawsuit. A third girl has come forward saying that they transitioned her rapidly at 12 years old, not just with cross-sex hormones, but with bodily mutilation. This is disgusting. They are coming for children because they don't believe in God, that there's a creator who created them, who even loves them, who has a purpose for them, who has a blueprint for their body, 
and who did, out of love, gave them free will with the ability to freely choose and love him. And I think that's what's so sad. And sometimes it's hard to see the good when something so horrific is chanted at a pride parade, such as we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. And people are commenting in the LGBTQ community that they disagree with this chant, that it just gives fuel to the fire of people who disagree with the movement. Yes, because that's not what every person in the LGBTQ movement and the pride movement believes. But this is what happens when we take babies out of sex and sex outside of marriage. Suddenly, there's no purpose to the loving, beautiful, God-given intimacy made to occur within the context of marriage to create a new human life and to bond together two spouses in a vocation called marriage that is very difficult. And so I think that we need to talk about this. We need to have a conversation about this because, no, you don't joke about anything even remotely, remotely involved with this. It's not a joke. And they wouldn't be joking it because remember, too, we have to remember when we, people make jokes, there's always some truth in jokes. And this is the truth. There is some truth that behind the scenes in the pro-LGBTQ pride movement that people are okay with abusing and using children, whether through encouraging a transition, bodily mutilation, puberty blockers, that's all child abuse, or whether they are literally okay with harming children. This is a story, again, this is a little ears warning, and we should not close our ears to this because we need to know and we need to be willing to fight this. If you have been maybe someone who has said, you know, I don't get the big deal, Love is love. If people want to do what they want to do, that's okay. And you may even say, you know, I think it's wrong, but I think people should be able to do what they want. Well, we have free will, and yes, we can, but we should also fight for what is right. And we should especially fight for children. And again, when you take babies out of sex, sex outside of marriage, you lose the purpose of the body, the physiology, the sexual complementarity that God ordained, that God created. And that God gave to bring forth new life and that new life. Those children are meant to bring out the best in adults. They're meant to challenge and transform adults. I had two kids in two years and it's very challenging. (laughs) And it's either there's an option to let it bring out the worst or the best. God created us to love. God created us with free will. And we're meant to draw out what is good within us when we create new human life through the loving gift of sexual intimacy that God offered us. And so here's the story that I want to share. And again, a little ears warning, because here's the deal. I came across a story online and it was a headline. It was a headline. This was the headline. And then I wanted to believe that it wasn't true. So I started doing some research. But this is the headline. Boston cops found four children in squalid conditions at a drag party alongside drugs and I'll use the words adult toys because I didn't want to refer to those two words together. Yeah, I'll read that again. Boston cops found four children in squalid conditions at a drag party alongside drugs in my edit, adult toys. Yes, but what else was there? A dead man who was dressed up as a woman. Because I'm going to be really, really blunt because I just have to for a moment, and I know this is scandalizing. When you engage with your body in that type of way, When you engage with your body in that type of way, people have to do drugs to be able to endure the fact that the body is not meant to interact in that way. 
there were six men dressed up as women, and they found four children there. And a lot of the news reports are not including the fact that the men were dressed up as women. And they're trying to hide a lot of the details in the story. Even the police reports, if you look at some of the police reports, here's the bottom line. At the end of the day, this happened over a week ago. At the end of the day, what initially was a complaint filed to the Department of Children and Families in Boston led to a couple days later, those ch four children were taken into custody. Now, reports claim that two of those men were the children's fathers, but you can't say father because they were dressed up as transgender individuals. There was also a dead man there, and they actually, t one of the men dressed up in a wig like a woman was trying to hide the four children from the firefighters so that the firefighters wouldn't find these poor little children, who again are now in police custody. I am sick to my stomach. This is a massive cover-up by the media who is not reporting on the fact that it was six men dressed up as women, who is not reporting on the fact that there were adult toys in the room and other webs and other articles leave out the adult toys part but include the drugs or vice versa. This is not okay. This is not okay. This, number one, should never be covered up. And number two, I should never have to talk about it. We should never have to read about it. But this is a party that was happening alongside. It was an after party. It was a trans drag after party after one of the pride marches. This is what this was. But the news isn't reporting on this. I read one article uh, in particular from NBC Boston. Didn't give all the details. You would have no idea how bad of a condition these children were in. These, And even if you didn't include the, uh, <laughs> the, the deviance in sexual behavior in this story, it, it was bad. But you add the deviance and you add the stories of pedophilia, even uh, people who represent constituents who represent voters who are politicians who have been arrested over the last week for having child pornography and also by the way this individual identified as a woman being transgender in these stories you can't make these things up you cannot make these things up this is how disgusting and how far it goes when we take babies out of sex and sex out of marriage and i want to hear from you on this because i want to hear you know is this going too far? Are you able to handle these conversations? Can you have these conversations with people? Because I'm having to have this conversation. I'm having to think about it. And I don't want to think about it. God help us. God help these children. I beg of you to pray for these children who are in custody now. After being left four children with six men at a drag trans party after a pride march. And there were drugs inappropriate adult toys and inappropriate clothing there and these children were being hidden from the firefighters because one man was dead who it sounds like it was an overdose and again let's be clear there were six men engaging with each other the body doesn't work that way and so people do drugs to try and make it uh, a little more tolerable i'm gonna just close this, the book on that story because i think you get it I think you get it. And 
I'm hearing from people who are saying, okay, I don't think this chant was necessarily real. And if you're just joining me listening to Trending with Tim, we were talking about, you know, some really difficult things. It's hard for me to talk about this. And I talk about these gender issues a lot. But here we are on the end of the month that people in the LGBTQ world are celebrating as Pride Month. And look at where the parting has gotten them, including the chant that I played just a few minutes ago from the annual New York Pride Parade where they said, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children that supposedly might be a misguided stab at humor or, as they've said at the Metro Weekly, which is a pro-LGBTQ publication, we may not have had the best choice of words here. So Jack's on the line from St. Louis. Jack, I would like to hear your thoughts on this whole story. Hi, how are you doing? Well, thanks for joining me. Your thoughts? Well, yeah. First of all, I've stumbled upon your show recently, and um, I'm just amazed that you seem to be fixated on the LGBTQ uh, society. And, and let me let me first of all, if I may, and I hope you won't cut me off, because I'm going to give you full disclosure. I was raised Catholic. I am heterosexual. I have many gay friends, and I notice again you're you're sort of fixated on this group, and yet. You seem to be okay with priests who routinely rape little boys, and these are the people that you follow. Now, that chant, that chant was clearly mocking people. They're not after your kids. I mean, there are heterosexual groups that do horrendous things as well. You're focusing on one story. I mean, Timory, you seem like an intelligent young lady. But I think you're misguided on this. This is not a choice. If someone's gay, they're gay. No one chooses. I will ask you this. Did you choose to be straight? No. You just knew that you were. The same way with me. As I said earlier, I have some great friends and they're gay. I have no problem with that. So I really think that you need to to read things other than Catholic dogma and, and and expand your mind a little bit. And I and I hope you'll take Jack. heart to what I've said tonight. Jack, I really appreciate you calling. I'm glad you stumbled upon this. And I'm going to post some links to episodes here in the episode notes at the end of the day, relevantradio.com forward slash trending. Because if you listen regularly to the show, I actually dive a lot into the studies in psychology, sociology, uh, regarding the impact of relationships and interactions in the LGBTQ community and the damage being done, especially to children who are being transitioned at a very young age. And I do want to just touch on a few things. Yes, I have fixated on some LGBTQ topics because we're seeing a massive engagement in child abuse with children where we're allowing two and three-year-olds to quote-unquote choose their gender or we're blocking the natural functioning of the body uh, with not just cross-sex hormones, but first puberty blockers that historically have been given uh, different drugs that have historically been given to pedophiles to help prevent them from doing certain things. I'm not saying I agree with that. Either way, it's terrible to do these things to the body. But I just want to be really clear here that we're talking about a multifaceted area. Now, I have family members who identify as gay as well and have lived out uh, same-sex relationships for years, my whole life. In fact, one of my closest relatives who died just a couple of years ago, I didn't get to say goodbye to him in the midst of COVID. It was heartbreaking. Uh, he was one of my great uncles and he had lived a lifelong relationship with a man. And that man had been someone that was in our home at times who we knew and we who we loved 
him for himself, not for the relationship they were engaging in, but individually. I have aunts. I have cousins who are in same-sex relationships. When I say, I get it, Jack, I'm there. These people I love. I, I think that as a person of faith, I would hope you would understand along with others who listen to the show, whether they are or not Catholic or whatever walk of life, because we welcome everyone here. And I appreciate your candid uh, response and thoughts on this issue. I would hope that we could be able to, to distinguish and see the difference between saying, I love you as a person, but I don't accept and embrace certain behaviors. And some of the hardest conversations I've had to have in my life have been with loved ones who are doing things that I radically disagree with. I have a close family member now who I love and adore and spends a lot of time with me, but who I repeatedly have to say, I don't agree with these certain things in your life that you're doing. It's not easy, but because there there is a loving relationship there, it's clear there are lines in the sand that can be drawn. And this isn't exclusively our Catholic faith, but the fact that science confirms what the Catholic Church teaches, that same-sex interaction is gravely disordered. And I think it's important that we're able to see that it's the church is saying this, but everything matches that. This party I just shared with you about of these six men who were dressed up like women who had four children there. And again, I don't want to keep sharing this little ears warning, but with adult toys, adult clothing, and drugs there, and one man died of cardiac arrest. Well, the body doesn't function that way. And it's very likely because this is very common in the area that people actually have to take drugs to engage with their bodies in such a way. And you, Jack, I am actually really glad that you pointed out that there are priests within the Catholic Church who have completely dishonored what their priesthood is with regard to priestly celibacy and have done filthy, disgusting things. I agree with you. That is wrong. And it is hard for me at times as a Catholic to look around and see that. But I also believe that Jesus Christ instituted the Catholic Church and that even in the face of disgusting, filthy behavior, that Jesus Christ is present in the sacraments. And I'm not going to leave my church because of that. And I also believe that, as you mentioned a few moments ago, Jack, that heterosexual people do filthy, disgusting things. Heterosexual people also abuse children. None of it's okay. None of it is okay. It's wrong. It's disgusting. And I actually do talk about those things here on the show. It's not pleasant to talk about it. Uh, in fact, I will say very clearly when the last wave of of scandals within the church came out, especially right around 2018, I covered it in ways that I didn't hear other people talking about it because it was uncomfortable. We had to tell the truth. And so although that's a distraction from the topic at hand with regard to what happened these last two weeks in New York and in Boston, I do think it's important when people say, hey, you seem like a hypocrite as a Catholic because look at what's happening in your church. What's happening by individuals is disgusting who call themselves Catholic. And I pray and hope, just like you, I'm sure I hope you would as well, Jack, that we can pray and intercede for these people. And I don't know, you know, if maybe the sex scandals are what pulled you away from the church, but I'd like to hear your thoughts, Jack. Well, the last thing I wanted to say, and well, that was a part of it because uh, in St. Louis, it continues, the scandals continue to go on. Uh, same thing mm -hmm. in Illinois. Uh, Sorry. But w what I wanted to say, I really enjoy your show. You're very intelligent, but I want you to know that you you can't 
change someone's sexual orientation. I, I mean, I know people think that you can, and I know that they think there's, you know, conversion therapies. So many people, male and female, that are gay or lesbian, they've tried so hard. No one would choose to be gay. Think of the discrimination. Think of all the the abuse they face. You know, I mean, I think we're living in a better time where people don't have to, you know, marry someone to hide their sexuality. Think about how many people mm-hmm. have done that throughout yeah, history. Yeah, family and members it, have done that. Yeah, I get it. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you should know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I do appreciate you giving me time and listening to my point of view. I will continue to listen. And um, good call. Clearly, I'd love to hear from you, you clearly do. Let me just say, you clearly do your research and homework. Thank you. So I, I hope you will continue, and, I'll con- and I will listen. Thank you so much, Demarie. Jack, I do have a couple questions for you, if you're willing to stand Absolutely. the line. Absolutely. Okay, so it sounds like you were raised Catholic, but you left the church, right? Unfortunately, I did. Was it because of the scandals within the church? Well, it was that. You know, I went, I went to Catholic school, and uh, mm. it was, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you. And that was when corporal punishment was the mm-hmm. rule of the day. Right. And the abuse that I saw and that I experienced. And, mm-hmm. you know, I later became a teacher. I'm retired now. And I always I always told myself that I would not run a classroom that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I hopefully things have gotten better with Catholic, Catholic schools. Again, St. Louis has a huge archdiocese. And we have so many schools Unfortunately, many of them are closing now because mm-hmm. the population has changed dramatically. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the reason. But truthfully, I, I, I don't think it ever took with me. I tried so hard. and You know, I certainly disappointed my family because of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've considered going back because, you know, I, I think spirituality, spirituality gives you some degree of peace of mind which I think we're all searching for, mm-hmm. but, but, interesting. I, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I know so many people who go to church once a week and then the rest of the week they're miserable and angry and they treat others pretty poorly. So that's why we need God, right? I and mean, even bringing it back to the LGBTQ topic, you said that you don't think people have a choice in whether or not I they're really gay, don't. but do you, do you, do you think, think we have choice? free will? Do you think we have free will though? Um, I, I, truthfully, you want me to answer that? Yes, I do. Do you believe I we think, have free will? I think, I think free will was something that had to be added to the dogma because without it, because this is the way I look at it. God is omnipotent, correct? Mm-hmm. And I'm omnipresent and omniscient. Mm-hmm. Well, God knows what has happened, what is happening and what will happen regardless of what choices you make. Because God's outside of time, though. Yes, I hear what you're saying. So you have a hard time believing free will because you say he's all-knowing, he's all-present, outside of what choices we make. But I think that's where we have a hard time because we're creatures. And if you believe in God, he is our creator, and we are finite, and he is infinite. And so even sometimes understanding these things is difficult. But from a philosophical perspective and theological 
we have to understand. And I remember my mind was blown when I first started to learn this, I think in high school in a philosophy class, that God is outside of time. So even when we're praying, we're praying to God, God's outside of time. And that's so hard to understand because we as human beings live a life so sequentially. But God sees all things at once. But that doesn't mean that he necessarily has to intervene. Even though he knows all things, that doesn't mean that he stops us. He can stop us from doing certain things, but because he gave us free will, we can choose. And here's here are a couple of reasons why I believe we a person is not born gay, that a person does have free will and choice. Because we make choices every day. We make we discriminate against things every day. And you saw this as a teacher. Uh, children sure. and students could choose one way or the other. And I'm sure as a teacher, you often would have students who you would really fight for because you knew that they could do better, correct? Right. But let me ask you this. Why would someone choose to be gay? Is it Would, would that be despite their family? Would that... Be- to make to make a statement why well, would I, anyone choose that i think this comes in a certain respect back to theology again a, a, a catholic worldview of the fall of the human person of the fact that we are fallen creatures and we have a tendency towards sin and that we need jesus christ and his grace to help us in choosing what is right this is why god gave us intellect and free will so that we could come to know him and freely choose him. God could have created us as absolute slave robots who perfectly obeyed every single commandment. But out of love, he chose to give us intellect and free will so that we could reason, come to know something, and freely choose it. And that would mean we could freely choose to be with him or freely choose to not be with him. And I think that's what's so challenging. So even in all of the studies with regard to whether or not someone is born gay, there have been countless studies done on this, and it's been debunked especially a couple studies done back around 2017, 2018 that came out that tried to claim that there like could be a gene kind of the way that alcoholism could run in your family, but not quite. And at the end of the day, what was shown in the research is that no one is predisposed to be born gay. But as a Catholic, we also know that people have free choice. That we can, So even if we have an attraction, even if I desire to steal something from the store, even if I desire, maybe I desire to punch my little two-year-old daughter in the face, I have the ability to choose otherwise. And the physical act of same-sex interaction is damaging for the body. This is why people have to do drugs. This is why people die early. This is why people get AIDS. And I mean, I will even say, I shared with this earlier on the show, I have a lot of family members who are also same-sex attracted, who have lived these relationships for years. And it was heartbreaking having to, having to go to the funeral a couple years ago of a very close family member, my great uncle, who was an incredibly talented dancer, traveled all over the world dancing, taught me. I spent years dancing and he he died. He died without children and he died a very isolated life I and mean, add COVID onto it. But, you know, I, even though I loved him, I also saw, look how these things damaged him, damaged his body, damaged his psyche. I don't want that for anyone. And we do have free will, which is why we call people to more. Jack, I thank you so much for calling in and being with me. If you want to stay on the line, you're welcome to. But we've got to come up on a break here. The number is 888-914-9149. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester 
an Illinois Life Insurance Society not available in all states. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Trending with Timory. Okay, this has been a, a tough topic to come in on and discussing. I was sick to my stomach before even starting the show, but I think a lot of people are wanting to weigh in on the conversation. And I appreciate that because I think it's a topic people and the phone lines are blown up right now. People want to address what's happening. And I want to hear from you because this is a tough topic. There are two things I shared at the beginning of the show. Uh, and I'm just going to share the headline. I already explained them earlier. Uh, number one, the annual New York Pride Parade this weekend that's been happening since the Stonewall riots back in the end of the 60s had people chanting the Pride celebrating individuals and I played audio of it so you can listen to the podcast later if you need to relevantreader.com forward slash trending they were chanting we are here we're queer we're coming for your children now even the metro weekly lgbtq publication said that this may not have been the best choice of words but here's the bottom line what I said earlier when you take babies out of sex and sex outside of marriage we lose a proper orientation in the sexual complementarity, the gift of sexuality, what intimacy is for, what marriage is for, and what babies are for. And we end up in all kinds of deviant behaviors. And this is what pride celebrates today. And pride does hide pedophilia. That's the bottom line. Is everyone a pedophile? No. I shared earlier, I have a number of relatives, whom I, especially some who I am very close to, uh, one who died recently who has lived a same-sex lifestyle and has had a partner for years, someone who's been a part of my life. And there's a distinction between loving a person and not being okay with behavior. And even loving and respecting, as long as they're not doing, and if it's appropriate in front of your children, as long as they're not doing inappropriate and disrespectful things in front of you. And I think that that's really important that we distinguish that. But here's where this all falls to. And this is why the news is covering this up. And even why the press conferences uh, by the police themselves have been very discreet in what's been said. But here's the bottom line, what happened two weeks ago. After a pride parade in Boston last weekend, two weekends ago, there was a trans drag party in which authorities were called. One man died of a cardiac arrest. Sounds like it was a drug overdose. There were six men dressed up as women and hiding in a back room in the closet trying to hide uh, from children. There was a man in a wig hiding four little children from firefighters. There were drugs, inappropriate adult toys and clothes, and among other things there at this party. I was sick to my stomach coming into the show. I do not want to talk about this. The cover-up has been vast. Most of mainstream media is not including the fact that these men were dressed up as women or giving the details about all the inappropriate things there. Let's be clear, a lot of people, when they engage in physical contact such as that, do have to do drugs. Um, and this man died of cardiac arrest. You do the math and connect everything here. The body's not made to work that way. This is child abuse. Praise God these children are in custody, but please pray for these kids. This is atrocious. And we're hearing from a lot of people on this. Julie is joining us here on Trending. Julie, where are you from and what would you like to share? What are your thoughts on this whole story? Hi, Timory. Um, I'm calling in actually in regard to that, that whole topic. And actually the uh, nice gentleman, Jack, who um, you were just on the 
stone with um, regarding, you know, the priests and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, with my walk in my faith and learning a lot of more about the Catholic faith, um, a lot of people don't disclose this nor know this. I'm sorry if you hear beeping in the background as I'm driving. <laughs> um, but a lot of people don't realize that um, those priests were found to actually be gay. Um, right. A lot of those priests that have done those things, and more than four out of five. you know, I just yep. yeah, and um, you know, it's it's a it's a sad reality, and um, the Catholic Church for for years, I mean, even Fulton Sheen, you know, there's quotes of Fulton Sheen saying, you know, about choosing, you know, like a church, which church would he choose, and he would choose the one that the whole world's against, and you know. Um, that even w- with everything with with the priests, you know, this stuff happens in Protestant churches and happens in public school systems. They were just mm-hmm. talking about it. I think on um, Patrick Madrid happens. Uh, I, it was either three times more than in the Catholic Church or five times more. But right. the Catholic Church is only you know targeted because it's the Church of of Christ. You know what I mean? Like right. so. <laughs> That's the reason why we're attacked, because the devil doesn't want people to be in the truth. And like my former employer once said to a Protestant that was in our, in our chair, what better way does the devil have to have people turn against his church and have, you know, your, your flock of sheep scatter? You know, the devil, devil doesn't want people in the truth, you know, and that's, that's really where it is today. And as far as um, people that have those same-sex attractions, I, I think it's definitely the devil. We all have a cross to bear in life, and the devil, you know, we people have, like, during the times of their hormones when they're younger. I remember yeah. uh, <laughs> we have a time. Logo, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, and I remember, yeah. I mean, I never engaged in anything, but I remember when I, a lot of my friends were starting to dabble in and all that stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, do I have feelings for my friend? Do I, you know, am I having this or that? Because there's studies saying that when you're younger, your hormones are going crazy and, you know, the devil will find any way to try to yes. make you think, oh, to because you have these feelings yeah. that you got to act on. Yeah. Right. And right. so like, just because you have that feeling doesn't mean you have to act on it. I think that's significant. I appreciate what you just said, Julie. Like, you were a teenager. You were there. You didn't act on it. But sometimes you had thoughts. I think curiosity is something we naturally engage in. And sometimes I've even had friends who have said, I've really discerned whether or not I'm attracted to women. And, you know, women are really attractive. But I've had to distinguish, like, what kind of attraction, what does that mean? And I can think of one woman in particular. I shared her story here on Trending. We'll have to link to her. I think she wrote a book called something like Restless Hearts. Um, I'll find it and post in the episode notes along with some other episodes on this topic because I think it's important but she shared you know she realized she wasn't actually attracted to romantic relationships with women she was she was obsessed with friendship and she would go too far in those friendships and that was part of her kind of identifying as a lesbian I think there are multiple facets of this but Julie there are a couple things you mentioned you're correct There are more cases of sexual abuse and sexual instances outside of the church, but the light is often shined on the Catholic Church for two reasons. One, we should know better. We should do better. But two, yes, people want to destroy the church. That doesn't make it right. I don't care how many other cases of sexual abuse are outside of the church. What happens within the church is still 
extremely inappropriate. And the studies show over data over the last number of years, I think going back at least 30 years of sexual abuse cases, that more than four out of five of those instances of sexual abuse were actually uh, priests, men with boys. And that's what partially and usually teenage. But what's partially so upsetting about that is that like we need to address, that's same-sex interaction. That's a deviance in sexuality. And if you're someone who's been abused, God, God help us. I'm so sorry. And I'm sorry we're even having to talk about this. And I know people are saying, you know, we're talking about these topics right now. Uh, should we really be talking about the sex abuse within the church? Yes, because it is related to the LGBTQ crisis. It is related to poor catechesis, lack of truth within the church. I have a friend, I remember not too long ago, she shared that when she was in high school, she went to a priest and committed, uh, confessed the sin of adultery because she had been engaging in activity outside of marriage. And the priest told her, oh, that that's not a sin. That's not a sin. That's fine. And sure enough, red alert, not too much longer later, this person's priest, when she was in her 20s, ended up coming out that he was a pedophile. And how disgusting, but how he was then counseling people to not understand the gift of intimacy, that it belongs within marriage, that the gift of that is also babies. This is what happens when we get it wrong. And this is what happens when we form people poorly. And so we should talk about these topics because a lot of people who are living LGBTQ uh, championing, championing this perspective are often uh, people who are Catholic, who are misguided who were abused, who don't get it. And this is why we have to talk about these discussions, uh, these difficult issues that I didn't want to share the stories I shared today. And I will share some good news because I'm going to be doing a series on the theology of the body. I know a lot of people will hear about the theology of the body. Maybe you read a book commenting on it before, but we're going to go to the meat of Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. We're going to do a whole series, go through it beginning to end on each show. We'll do a summary each week. I'm really excited to launch this in the coming days. Uh, so stay with me because we will be launching it in a couple of days here as we dive in. And it's going to help explain the gift of male and female, how pronounced that is, how it's intended by God. And we'll even add how science incorporates into this to understand the God-given design for the human body. It's a blueprint. Praise God, we have intellect, we have free will, and we have the ability to love one another. But love doesn't, we don't, can't just say love is love. Love has a purpose. Love honors and respects the health and well-being of the body. And these are important things that we need to discuss from a philosophical as well as a theological worldview. You're listening to Trending with Timurie here on Relevant Radio. I want to dive in for a minute, give ourselves both a break, but also a really important topic of talking about the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's a feast day of St. Cyril of Alexandria, and he championed Our Lady as the Mother of God. And I always love looking at the saints because we can look at them and see what did they love? Who did they fight for? What did they fight for? And it's a moment to do some soul searching. What do I love? What will people say I fought for? We'll be right back here on Trending with Tim Ray to talk about St. Cyril of Alexandria and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Are you tired of educational options that are one size fits all? Our sponsor, Colby Academy, offers the flexibility of both accredited online and traditional school-at-home options to fit the needs of your child. Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Colby. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory. 
on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's a feast day of St. Cyril of Alexandria, and I want to talk about what he loved and who he fought for and what he fought for. I think there's a lot to be learned from the saints, and it's inspiring. I think it's an opportunity for some soul-searching. What will people say that I fought for? What will people say I prioritized? Well, people say I met my responsibilities. Well, St. Cyril of Alexandria is one of those people who did. He was a bishop in Egypt. He's considered one of the early church fathers living during the 4th and 5th century. And he was the person who oversaw the Council of Ephesus. Now, the Council of Ephesus was essentially brought about to address Nestorianism, which was a heresy. And what's significant about that is heresies come up. And when heresies come up, they need to be addressed by the church. And we often have a lot of our teaching of the church because things had to be clarified in terms of how we understand the faith. And what happened was there was a monk called Nestorius. And Nestorius basically was trying to say that Jesus wasn't both God and man, that essentially they were two different people. And so what the Council of Ephesus did is it emphasized that Jesus Christ is both God and man. You can't separate the two. And with that, what that meant as well, and what was upheld was that Mary is the mother of God. It's a title called the Theotokos. And so what happened was St. Cyril was actually writing to Nestorius because he knew Nestorius was preaching heresy. And so he was trying to resolve this heresy from confusing and scandalizing and being falsely taught. And so St. Cyril started writing personal letters. It didn't end the heresy that Nestorius was continuing to push forward. So he basically followed what and Jesus Christ says to do in the Gospels, where he says, you know, if you have a grievance with your brother, first go to your brother. If the grievance with your brother isn't addressed, you know, go and take a friend. And after that, then take it to the community. And so he did that. He wrote the personal letter. After writing personal letters to Nestorius, things were not being corrected. And so St. Cyril wrote the Pope. And in the end, they ended up having the Council of Ephesus. And from that, there was a massive conversation that led to clarifying the doctrine and the teaching of the church. And so St. Cyril is considered a doctor of the church because doctors of the church, when a saint receives that title, they're people who help to explain and teach the faith, to clarify what the church's teaching is. And so what we have in this is a clear understanding that Jesus Christ is the eternal second person of the Trinity, that he became incarnate and there's no separation, that Jesus Christ is both fully human and fully God, fully man and fully God. And so that's what this is. And with that, Nestorius uh, also, you know, didn't then believe that the Blessed Virgin Mary was the mother of God. And so this council also emphasized understanding Our Lady under that title of the Theotokos, Mary, the mother of God. And I mentioned earlier in the show that this is a significant, I think, point of teaching within the church, especially for people outside of the faith who just don't get it. They think we worship Mary. I mean, they see these statues of Our Lady, and especially if you came into my home, I have crucifixes of Our Lord Jesus Christ, but I also have statues of Our Lady, uh, images of saints, and people say, you know, are you worshiping? You know, it used to be back in Roman, in the Ro time of the Romans and ancient Greek civilization, they would have idols and they would worship them. It looks a whole lot like that to some people. But what they are for us as Catholics are symbols, symbols of our faith, 
symbols of the fidelity to Christ, symbols of what to aspire to in terms of the faith we're to live out. And this is why I love talking about St. Cyril of Alexandria today, because he fought to honor the truth of Jesus Christ, that he was not two different people, but that he was truly God and truly man. And the Blessed Virgin Mary was the mother of God, that that is who she was. And so we give her the highest form of honor. What is distinguished within the Catholic teaching is hyperdulia. That's the highest honor that is reserved for the Blessed Virgin Mary alone. Even we talked a couple weeks ago about what it means to be a woman. I hope you'll listen to that episode. It was a conversation diving into what does it mean to be a woman? We looked at it from an anthropological, biblical perspective, and Our Lady is at the heart of that. And in that, we dove into how Our Lady, when she was first greeted by the angel Gabriel, she wasn't greeted by her name of Mary. And when we pray the Hail Mary, we say, Hail Mary, full of grace. But what the angel actually said was, Hail grace, hail O favored one. He actually referred to her as grace. That she is what we understand in this is that she is the pinnacle of creation. God has honored her in such a way that she would be the vessel of Jesus Christ. And so this is why St. Cyril fought both to distinguish Jesus Christ as fully God and fully man, but also to distinguish Our Lady as the mother of God. And so what happened at the Council of Ephesus is that St. Alex- Cyril of Alexandria, who we celebrate today on his feast day, he delivered this excellent homily. And he so carefully chose each word that he spoke to help make clear what the teaching of the church was with regard to Our Lady. I'd like to share just some brief excerpts from it. He said, Mary, Mother of God, we salute you. Precious vessel, worthy of the whole world's reverence, you are an ever-shining light, the crown of virginity, the symbol of orthodoxy, an indestructible temple, the place that held him whom no place can contain, mother and virgin. Because of you, the holy gospels could say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What we see here in this commentary, in this homily by St. Cyril of Alexandria, is that he's emphasizing when he talks about Our Lady as an indestructible temple, that when Christ works in our lives, we are transformed by grace. And Our Lady is that model of what it means to be transformed by grace. We're talking a lot about the LGBTQ topic earlier, and Jack called in saying that he doesn't believe that people have a choice with regard to their sexuality, that if you're gay, you're gay and you can't do anything about it. But we fundamentally believe that God created the human person with intellect and free will, and that we don't have to act on our impulses that are damaging for our bodies, that are damaging for others. And that this is seen as a model in the Virgin Mary, that God transforms by grace, that he sets aside the portion dedicated to him. And this is why we're called to conform ourselves to Jesus Christ, to receive him body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist as Our Lady received Jesus Christ into our body. This is why we receive Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist at communion worthily, first by making sure we're in a state of grace by having gone to confession. And so as St. Cyril of Alexandria talks about Our Lady in his homily, he honors her, seeing her as the vessel, the vessel that carried Jesus Christ. He honors her as both mother and virgin, how significant that is. And just ponder for a moment how 
I think relevant that is as people are fighting to try and figure out how to live out their vocation. Some people marry, some people don't. Look at our lady. She's both mother and virgin. She's a model of motherhood, a model for single and biological mothers exercising spiritual motherhood, that gift of sacrificial love, the model of virginity, lived motherhood, full of graces. This is the example we have that St. Cyril fought for. So again, will people know what you loved as as we know what St. Cyril of Alexandria loved? Will they see who you fought for? Will they know what whether we are pleased by the things that we fought for at the end of our lives? 